What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening. You are watching the Complex Sneakers Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my two friends, my two co-hosts. First off to my right, Mr. Matt Welty. Friday, Friday. It is a Friday. Filming on a Friday. To my left, Mr. Brendan Dunn. What's up? How you doing? Uh, no. Yeah. It's only going to go up My from here. My day's off to a rocky start. I know start. you had a rocky start. <laughs> I know. Everyone, don't worry. It's you, had over. A, you, had a, you had a rocky start? <laughs> it's over 80 degrees, which is why I bought out the Erling Holland ACG that's, that's jacket. Right, right. Anytime it hits over 80 to 85, we're in the ACG. So put the comments uh, now. Dress for winter. Exactly. <laughs> it's light. It's a light. Season. Yeah, it's a light jacket. So Dressed don't worry like about it. Manchester and to beat the rain. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever that is, but Aunt Welty staying hydrated today. You yeah, the, well, you're trying you to get the, the KSI Logan Paul. You bag? got the prime drink right on the desk like that with Look the it. logo showing. The labels out. I mean, you got the Aquapana with yeah, the logo but, showing. Yeah. Only logo you see right here is complex. Okay. Maybe we can get a hey, BuzzFeed sticker. On we cannot side. be bought, but please. <laughs> hey. Or him. If somebody wants to drop a bag on the show and say that we can't put any logos on the show, then. I'm totally down with that. Until then, you're guzzling until, prime. Until then, I'll just drink whatever I want to drink. Are okay. you big? Or is it? Does it get the uh, electrolytes? That you, I know you need a I lot do, for your I workouts. I do like. I do like the drink, but uh, these are like four twenty-five, and they need to like drop the price on it. Well, there goes a potential sponsorship. All just, right, just, well. just uh, FYI. <sighs> How we doing? It's a Friday. We were off last week. Mm-hmm. We're back. We're back. What news do we have to catch up on? Can we talk about these Jacquemus Air Force Ones right away? Sure. They're awful. Not my favorite. Welty? Big, big Soho shoe in the future. Think so? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't. You don't see that shoe like being popular? No? I could see that With happening. With a certain subsect. Of... With a certain demographic. Yeah. It doesn't look like an Air Force One. They're awful, right? I. It just doesn't. To me, it just doesn't look well, like doesn't an Air Force the, One. It doesn't have the swoosh on it, right? Well, and it has like the, the well, sole. Well, the sole, but it doesn't have like... Yeah, the, the upper looks a little different without the big swoosh. He on posted it. about him a little bit. Said it's inspired partly by the Nike ACG Air Terra, which I guess is one of his favorite shoes. And I can I mean, appreciate. That's cool, but what does that have to do with the Air Force One? Yeah, I mean, also the shoe. There's 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 no glue used in the sole, zero glue in the construction, which Cons- is a cool Nike thing to it as cons- well. Considered. Long. Yeah, very very heavy considered vibes, but it still doesn't look good. You know, there's a lot of thought into it, and that doesn't that doesn't save it from being ugly. You know, like uh, Frankenstein's monster. You could say the same thing. I thought you it's liked a, it's it. It's like all the all the pieces don't really stitch up. I, I thought you liked it. I, I said it looks interesting. Oh, if that's the most generous comment you can okay. give a shoe, I think it's probably I think maybe I think maybe it looks better in something other than all white colorway. Mm. But then I mean, look, you know where I stand on that. But, but then it, there's also an all black version too. I Saw believe. that. Mm. Big, JL, big JLP shoe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know. I could I could change my mind. No, I could please change, don't. I, no, I could cha- I could change my mind. I'm probably not going to, but I can. Please don't pop I'm out of these. I'll like, be upset. My friend always says, "What am I gonna What am I gonna say?" Do do wear them once for this season. is America, baby. It's America, baby. I yeah. could change my mind. Wear them, <laughs> wear them once for season 37 of sneaker shopping. You know, you know. I'll <laughs> say this. <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. <laughs> you never know. When that shoe popped up, you know, we've seen teasers of it for a while. The Jacquemus Air Force One, and we've known about it for a long time. Uh, a friend who I won't name here, but maybe I'll mention later on. And I don't know if I told you all about this idea, but I was talking to him a few months back, and we came up with the idea of, you know, at the end of the year when you do top 10 sneakers of the year, of doing a flop 10. Wow. Like the, the worst really? and biggest misses and things like well, that. Well, that's where well, we're we, going? But, yeah, flop 10, you know. Are we really going to do that? I'm putting – I don't know. Maybe we can just talk about it. I'm putting Jacquemus on there for sure. And personally, I'm putting Tiffany Air Force One on there as well. But mm, okay. that's a topic for another day. And I will say the Jacquemus Air Yumara. You like those? Well, I love those. I got well, those for my sister. I love that bright pink shoe. All, right. all I'm going to say is at, at first I thought that the Jacquemus Humaras looked like uh, an outdoor shoe for people who are afraid of camping. I think you got that bar off before. Yeah. yeah, that's what I no, but that was my that was my opinion of the shoe. Yeah. But then things happen in what happened? No, just saw like a bunch of women wearing them on great. social media. Yeah. And to me, it, it like it made sense in the in the context of the shoe got being it. worn. And I'm like, hey, they look good on foot. You changed your mind. Yeah, yeah we're, we're allowed, allowed to change our minds. I, what I won't change my mind on. I did go camping recently. What? In six years, six years ago. Like I camping was. Oh, yes, oh, I thought I it was going to be like did a you yell, And you said, did you yell when you camp- saw a bug? Uh, no, but it downpoured. <laughs> it downpoured the first night. And here's the thing. 
I mm. probably won't go back. Downpoured <laughs> in the tent, downpouring. You so you talk about being afraid of camping. I don't see myself camping anytime soon. All right. Can you start the fire, Joe? I'm trying to think of my contributions on that trip, and I think it was just humor. Which I'm sure you contributed in spades. You need. I bought a grill over the weekend. That was like the highlight of my life. Were you grilling? Yeah. Wait, what was on the menu? Uh, did a steak, did some peppers, did okay. some sausage, some corn, some ribs. Ribs are really good. Mmm. I like that. I was, uh, I had some, I had a sausage and pepper hero during the live stream of Full Size Run, which yep. is back. Yeah, as of right now, season 16, we're still here. Great, great episode. Still <laughs> here. Still making, yeah. still making the show. Yeah. Excite, you guys excited to be back? Yeah, Feels I mean, good. well, we're not, I feel like we're not officially back yet. Not to say that we didn't do do it yet, but we haven't, like, filmed an actual. Right, right, right. But you were on set yesterday, yeah, the new set. But, the, but when, like when they're the listening to this, we will be back. Yes, but we, we haven't actually shot an actual episode yet. So I feel like once you start to do that, it totally changes the feeling of. You do the live stream and it's so, like, willy-nilly, just, like, say, say whatever the heck you want. Mm, well, not really. But <laughs> right, right. Anyways, <laughs> oh good. We should talk about what we were talking about on text, uh, Sheen. Oh, these fake Jordans have popped up on the Sheen site. Yeah, I don't really know how any of that works, to be honest with you. I was looking on the site after it happened, and I couldn't find any of them on there. I'd never been on that site. I, I say that you know, in full it's, honesty. It, it, it seems like, uh, from what I've seen of it in the past, it seems like a combination of like fashion nova in like wish yeah but they like. took they took the shoes down off of there too i think yeah. tmz had a statement about it where they were uh taking responsibility for it saying oh that's from third-party sellers we're not going to have those on our platform you know you see stuff like this pop up on amazon from time to time it's funny how quick it accelerated because i think at first i just saw it in like my twitter mentions of mm -hmm. someone like tagging us being like hey look at this logo list air jordan 11 yeah. it didn't really like think much of it you know you kind of see that stuff all the time or just yeah. kind of like bootleg looking shoes and then you saw all the sneaker blogs start to post it and then you're like okay this is like picking up a little bit and then the, to see it on tmz i was yeah. like wait it went from there to there that quick yeah well, that escalated quickly yeah so <laughs> speaking of escalations i'm um i'm in a in a battle with the united states postal service right now what are you waiting for well i I'm, I'm kind of done waiting. I'm waiting for a call back and an explanation, basically. Well, you but are done, so. <laughs> hey. I had a family member ship me a couple pairs of shoes that were discovered in a closet from long ago. Was it the ones that your brother wore? Not the black Sony 3s, though, right? Um, no, a couple pairs of Air Maxes. And fortunately, they spent the money to do like $1,000 worth of insurance on there, and the shoes never showed up. That They said the package was signed for. The, the signature for it, it, it says on my tracking, it's like F space CK. I'm like, what is, what is, uh, what is that? Maybe. Have, have y'all ever, I mean, I know I've talked about my package woes before and usually eventually they show up, but have you, have you ever tried to like get an insurance claim on a package that was lost no. for shoes? Insurance claim? No, I've just had stuff stuck in customs. Yeah. I think we talked about it on here. I got that big package from Germany like yeah. three years ago that they wanted my social security number. And I'm like, I am not giving you my social security number. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how long and how protracted a fight it's going to be in order to get this insurance claim, but I'm certain by now, and I know people can relate to this, that the sneakers are never showing up. What so. pairs are in there? It's a old pair of Neon Air Max 95s and an old pair of Infrared Air Max 90s. Oof, two so, classics. Yeah, and I really wanted them. I wanted to put them on for the summer, but you know what? Maybe it's wrong to say this in public, but if the insurance claim comes through, then $1,000 for those two shoes, I kind of came up, right? Mm. Oh, speaking of Infrared nice, can we... Uh, had uh, mentioned it the other day. Can we settle debate? White, your guys' opinion: white, red Air Max ones versus infrared nineties. Which one do you guys think is a better shoe? <sighs> infrared ninety. I'll go infrared ninety. Yeah, same. Yeah, I know that. I don't know. People were like going back and forth, being like, no, "People this were one going is... back and forth." No, I just mentioned it online, and then oh, people. This is, this I'm, I'm not tweets? trying. No, I'm not trying. <laughs> I saw, to... No, I saw you say. <laughs> hey, look, I disagree. Hey, hey, look, it's like we we, we, have, a, a we have a sneaker. We have we have a sneaker show. We talk about sneakers you online. Had a viral tweet. You had a viral tweet on the building the rotation. That went viral over a milli, I think. Is was TMZ going to pick it up? Oh, no. And it was like, you don't, <laughs> what'd you say? You don't need all hype sneakers. Some you, Inspired by, so mm -hmm. it said, you don't need all. Hey, just, I said, FYI, to be a sneakerhead, you don't need just 
hype shoes, right? And I think that's what we talk about a lot, but especially in today's day and age, because it was stemmed off of our conversation last week mm -hmm. about fake shoes. Mm -hmm. And everyone's saying, hey, look, I want to be a sneakerhead. I'm going to buy the fake stuff because I can't get the real stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you that's what they were saying. You shouldn't want to get the real stuff, but there's plenty of cool shoes out there that aren't necessarily like on the hype tier of a Travis Scott yep. Air Jordan or an Off-White Air Force, which are like, they almost feel like impossible to kind of, you're like playing the lottery at that point. Yeah. You know? It was inspired by a friend of ours, Sneaker Dave, Dave Whitehead, and he was like, hey, you guys should pay attention to this, right? And I think about people like Dave who are like, OG sneakerheads mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. the shoes that they may be into are like, you know, up tempos, bacons, Air Max 95s, like real OG Nike archival stuff, Bark yeah. Barclays, Pippins, pennies, things of that nature. And they may not have the hype logo or label on them, but I think if you see anyone in those shoes, you think that they're into sneakers to some yeah. degree. So I, it got me thinking, hey, you can go out and get a decent rotation to some degree without having to be Mr. Enter Every Raffle. Yeah, and shoes that are still special, like those shoes that you had posted. I had mentioned me OG Air More Up Tempos, mm -hmm. black and white colorway yep. only. I think those are trillion colorways of that shoe. They, they really, yes. Uh, Air Max 95s. Yes. Neons. I agree with that. Gray 990s. Just not not a big Joe shoe, but I'm with you. I don't know about that. that one. But I'll okay. do I'll do nine nine threes. I've seen you in in. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm maybe. going nine nine three. And so, so, what was the other shoe? White Air Force One. And White Air Force. <laughs> You're one. asking him yeah. to help you recap. I have it right here. I have it right here. So where where I would differ, I would put a Cortez somewhere. I've never been a big Cortez guy. Okay, fair. I've enough. owned only a couple pairs of Cortezes in my life, and it was never a big staple for me. But I do I do appreciate it as like a staple shoe. Yeah, and I, I don't think it has to be all like. 20 24 7 365 mm -hmm. staples like they yeah. can be shoes that do come and go with releases you have to buy them when they come out like a you get like a cb34 barkley you know it's not in the stores right year round white red air max one not in the stores year round but you have to get it when it comes out but it's not on the tier of getting something super high. i really like that yeah. because and i think that we'll do this as a topic one day like and I think we've said it before, but like if we had to build our rotation with like five to ten sneakers, but like really a starting five, what they would be and why, I think that could be a good topic for us one day. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. happy to go there. And I've just been thinking about it a lot lately because so many people get so frustrated in sneaker culture, it feels like nowadays, where it's like they almost think it's like impossible to be a sneakerhead because mm -hmm. they can't get a chunky donkey or, or whatever is cool or hype at the moment. Mm -hmm. There still are shoes that Definitely. you can buy to be a sneakerhead, and you kind of have to maybe reinforce that or just remind people to, to to some degree that, hey, you can be a sneakerhead and not be a hype hunter. Do you think um, people get a little antsy or a little aggravated when you start to tweet with capital FYI? No. Okay. Just, just, let, <laughs> just let them know. You're not, you're not asking. You're PSA, telling. FYI, BTW. And what I like about this topic is like, you know, where I said I would put the Cortez in my five, everyone mm -hmm. kind of has their different different five to build around. And once you have that rotation, I think to your point, if you cycle through and just even add like some classics, yeah, you don't need the hype stuff. Even when PJ Tucker was on sneaker shopping, I asked him for his like top five everyday wear, someone yeah. who like is on WhatsApp and getting all PE samples. Yeah, and spending tens of thousands of dollars on a regular basis. Exactly. And he said just like a regular Nike SB Dunk, Nike Air Max 1, white yep. and red, so maybe he favors that one more mm -hmm. than the infrared. Puma Clyde, another one. Mm -hmm. uh, Nike Air Force 1, low, white on white. Mm -hmm. And then he added, like, a new one, which I'm interested, like, uh, did you ever try the Nike Joyride run flying oh, that it? shoe is awful. Okay, you didn't try it. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I went out, I, I wasn't went out a fan of that shoe. Okay, it had, like, the, didn't the it have, like, beads yeah, the yeah. Beads. They went. They went away from that technology as quick as they went in on it That's which kind of <laughs> let you know that it what that wasn't what what was up i think i try after he said it, i was like he, he was like co-signing he a sold lot you of, on the Nike. yeah i tried it but i think like the upper was a little too tight for me had, had yeah. dipping dots in the sole that's exactly to that's exactly what they look like Big and Sean's that was that was a good that was a good uh that's yeah. a good rep that's exactly what they look like but yeah i like that topic and and we should do it some, do sometimes day. I feel like, too, like just having some like OG colorway, like 90s, like Nike basketball shoes, maybe even give like a little hint that you know what's up a little more than. 
people who just have the flavor of the month shoes on. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, as predicted with the fakes episode we did last week or the last episode we did rather because yeah. we had a week off, you know, there were a lot of strong opinions in response to it and people being a like, lot. why do you care? But this is a sneaker show. We care about what people wear. We care about why they wear it or what they're going to wear. Like, you can't tune into a sneaker show and be like, why do you care what people are wearing? Like, <laughs> we're that's literally, we have a talk show where I would say, I would guess that like 95 plus percent of the people watching this show uh, deeply care about shoes or yeah. fascinated by shoes on some level. And they're like, okay, you could talk about everything sneakers, but not what other people are wearing. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so we're not supposed to talk about actually wearing the shoes or the context <laughs> it's, that it's, they it's exist in society. But, but I, I know the fakes thing always... Uh, stokes stokes people i didn't uh, realize that that's maybe like anger the, like the number one hot topic maybe like backdooring it's such a weird hill to die on but, though, but they too. Like but people... their feedback some of the feedback yeah. a lot of the feedback is we cannot get the and and again it's what we've been talking about where yeah. you're yeah. you're saying yeah. you don't need to get the hype sneakers and they're saying there's no chance to get the hype sneakers so we want you know yeah. high quality reps or the ones that we're getting that look like the sneakers we can't obtain. Yeah. But yeah, always a Fair hot enough. topic on on uh, a lot of discussion uh, when when we do that topic. It, I guess it's like in one of the examples that people have brought up that if someone said that they were like a watch collector mm -hmm. and then they had ten fake Rolexes, like would you consider them a watch collector? Oh, that's an interesting one. I mean, it, I think it's pretty similar. I don't know what the rules are in those other hobbies. Yeah, know. that's what I brought up. The but bags. I would say no. Uh, the, the Joyride is a funny sneaker to mention because I think it kind of ties into a topic that we saw surface in the past week that was kind of about Nike's lack of innovation right now. You know, yep. I, I think there's not a lot of super interesting new Nike technologies and things like that. So this is uh, from a report from our friend Matt Kish at Business Insider. The, the story was called Nike is shuffling executives and searching for its next breakthrough innovation as unwanted Air Maxes and Air Jordans pile up. His work is always good. It's, it's a great report. Um, but I, I do think people took it a little bit out of context on hmm. social media because the, the report has to do with, yeah, the, these new changes at Nike at the executive level. And then the other part of it is this analyst, Sam Poser, who's, who's been looking at the sneaker industry for a long time. Him saying that, you know, they're, they're, they're stale right now. They, they don't have a lot going on, that they're looking for new things to put into the market. And I think people conflated those and thought maybe that Nike execs were admitting that the product is stale right now. I do think the product is stale right now, and I think that's fair, but I feel like people took it out of a context a little bit. Well, I think maybe the, the, the closest parallel we can draw it to is, um, you say, like the 2016 yeah. era Nike, and that's like that whole timeline when people were like, oh, Adidas was bubbling at the point. But also, yeah. if you looked at Nike's product offering in that like 2016 era, it was just super boring yeah and nike did become super stale and then that's when they shifted and put all in on virgil and off-white and other projects at the time travis Vlone, etc that kind of took off for them at, mm -hmm. at the moment and it kind of shifted the game for them you get sakai etc like yeah a few years down the road but it feels like the well of nike collaborators has like run stale or dried up a little bit or become like more inconsistent but yeah, I agree to that extent. But I also, I think that this report is talking a little bit about a different piece of the puzzle in terms of new technology and things versus the the hype stuff that we're yeah. into. So I would say it's like you're saying it's dealing with new technology because like I think about it, what would be one that we see, a Nike shoe that we see on the streets a lot that's selling a lot in different colorways? I would say the Vomero, right? But that doesn't really count to what this that's is talking about. That's not new enough. Because it's not yeah. new that's technology. A, that's a retro shoe. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it, yeah, but yeah. That's one that's like moving a lot, but they're talking about innovation. I mean, what was the last super exciting to me? The plated running shoes and everything around that's that not was really, exciting. I but like even, Nike Flyknit it before that yeah, in 2012. I don't think you can really consider the plated running like a consumer shoe because mm -hmm. it's such a specialty product that you can't. True. You can't wear it in the streets. There hasn't been a, one in a while where it was like the Flyknits. I need every color. Yeah, like a brand the, new like Nike the element. Shoe. The element react, but that oh, shoe yeah. was like. We've talked about it. It yep. was it was gone as quick as it came, and you know it, it it's years old by now. So yeah. And then the interesting thing to mention in in that piece from Matt Kish was this is a quote: uh, Hoka reported a forty percent increase in quarterly sales. Merrill sales increased twenty seven percent. On sales climbed fifty five percent. And that really reflects also something we talk about on here, where 
if you walk out in the streets, you see a lot more of those shoes than you ever did before. Mm -hmm. And this is not a one-to-one -one comparison, but I've talked about, I see lines at the On store on is in New everywhere. York. I don't see lines at the Nike Soho store. There's different capacities on and different ways over. they manage the business, of course. But, you know, what you think about right now, how much technical footwear you see in terms of sneakers outside. And I feel like maybe, maybe, um, I feel like I see more from On and Hoka and things like that. They're than, everywhere. Than, than I, Nike. I, I don't know. They're everywhere. Maybe I just feel like that maybe once you reach a certain like age demo, mm -hmm. that it feels like Nike really t is tailoring off. Mm. Like once you get like 40 plus, just for like not sneakerhead footwear, but like casual mm -hmm. footwear, those other brands are just absolutely dominating the market. And you don't really, there aren't really like Nike models in that vein that yeah. seem to have i'd be interested to see some real stats on that in terms of what people 50 and up are wearing if, if nike goes down significantly yeah what about the monarch <laughs> that but i i feel like that's like a totally different shoe right mm -hmm. where it's like that's like the quintessential like leather yeah. dad like suburban shoe but totally i would say that this whole era of like super ultra cush like yeah. comfy like running shoes that people are like walking around in mm -hmm. Nike seems not to really have a foothold in that in that market. Yeah, like what is their version of the Hoka chunky Hoka shoe yeah. or the on cloud running yeah. shoe? Or even like a nine ninety or whatever, you know? Yeah. I guess it's an Air Max shoe or a Pegasus that somebody's wearing casually. I feel like that stuff doesn't really you don't really see it as much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh I, I wanna address something real quick. There was a rumor going around that there's a restock of the Travis Scott Saw Nike that. SB Dunk coming in the fall. I'm told this is not happening. I don't have a bunch more information. I don't think there's a lot of precedent for Nike SB restocking a shoe like that several years later. I do anticipate that they'll probably have something in the works for Utopia when they roll Travis Scott's new album out. But yeah. I don't think his SB Dunk is coming right back. I do believe maybe Nike SB is working on something new with Travis Scott. But I would say don't expect a retro of the SB Dunk. Any news on the Black Cat? For SB? <laughs> somebody DM me being like, this is a real thing, this is happening, but not somebody who I know or trust okay. on any level. So I'm still claiming ignorance on that one. Just keep not me. saying it's never gonna happen, but Can I you don't just know. keep me updated. Yes, absolutely. I will, I will have you to and the audience. Thank I will you so have much. to say though, did finally get a pair of the Haritos Nike SB Dunk and Me I, as well, thank you. Yes. Shout out a friend Sev who sent the shoes. Yep, your dear friend. Yep. He uh sent the shoes, but I think that they look really great in hand and not that i wasn't expecting it but you're gonna tear them away you're gonna do a little exacto knife i've never done like that. that but my friend christian petroni uh a chef did it with yeah. an exacto knife looks pretty cool yeah All right. but yeah they look those look great i think you're okay. gonna be he's gonna be on here sipping a harvitos uh, next mm, week what do we, yeah prime. come on just try no, every can't. single drink until we get one if they, if they do a sugar-free harritos then i'll uh, <laughs> then i'll okay. uh, drink it all right, gentlemen, we have a special guest this week. Should we bring on our guest? Yeah, we should. Our guest on today's podcast is making waves in two games. First, he's a Bronx-bred rapper who over the past decade has dropped more than 10 projects. His other passion as a designer and lifelong sneakerhead has yielded his first sneaker collaboration with Saucony on a Grid Azora 2000, which has the talking heads rethinking their mid-year best of lists. He's worked and lived sneakers for years, from lining up for drops to a stint at Foot Locker's famous 34th Street location. On the heels of his first release, we're happy to welcome Jay Tips on the Complex Sneakers podcast. Jay, welcome to the show. You know, thanks for having me. Feels like it's a, not even feel like it is. Big moment, uh -huh. big time for you now, so we're happy that you're here. Uh, I appreciate being here. We, we caught you at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's growing and it's continuing and like the legend of it keeps going, so I appreciate just doing everything I can just to continue to promote. So. Yeah. We got to talk about the legend right away. We'll talk about the shoes everybody has on feet. Uh -huh. What are you wearing today? I, it's, it's a silly question to ask, <laughs> Well, you know, t please tell us. Well, today I'm wearing, um, I'm wearing... You know, my, my shoe. Your mm -hmm. first shoe. I'm wearing my first shoe. I'm Saucony J-Tips. Remember who front it. I'm wearing my clothing brand, Savior. I'm wearing some socks. I'm wearing Cactus Plant Stussy Shorts. Mm. I'm wearing a jungle-like fleece um, vest. It's kind of hot in New York, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm on camera. It's, it's hot for the fleece. And then I have the Awakes grand opening, um, like, tee. So, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to represent. And then I have the Hat Club J-Tips recent release that released, like, last week. There we go. I missed you at the Awake <laughs> opening last night. Yeah, it was hot in there. Is it? Yeah. Is it? 
harder i mean i know a shoe there's so many more options that stuff but to like put together the fitteds versus putting together the shoe collaborations yeah and i think the um the fitteds are sometimes the hard part to kind of like organize throughout the day because sometimes when i walk past like a glass or a mirror i feel like i picked the wrong one most mm. times but um a lot of people are telling me like my sneakers go with most things i design so matching probably should get a little easier for me a little bit i feel like there's <laughs> just so many options when it comes to hats yeah you know where you're like which team am i gonna pick yeah and like a million different yeah i haven't it's... seen you in a fitted recently when's the last time you wore a fitted <laughs> i i don't I think the last time i probably wore a fitted was we have to, uh, whatever it is i you better find a photo of it yeah there's, i mean there's plenty of photos out there I mean, what team like would it be 20 probably like 2013 like what a, team it's like a yankees fitted okay mm. all right <laughs> what do you got I, i'm doing a uh, reebok club c's all gone paperboy paris this was from complex gone with the pink liner on them okay pick these up last year joe what are you doing cdg sunder max sometimes you know triple black big work day so Putting in the work with the CDG. Working Sunday hard, working yeah, hard. Exactly. <laughs> Got the shoes on. Look at it. Yeah. I was saying half the complex sneakers team has the shoes. I'm gonna get you a pair, Joe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> how did you do on the fit though? He broke it down flawlessly. What do we got for you? It's just same thing every time. I got a Jesus t-shirt, <laughs> okay. uh, a pair of LL Bean shorts, All and right. a pair of Sockenies. But yeah, really, really great. And uh, you know, we were talking about it and you know, this, these came up uh, ever since, like, you dropped them and stuff like that. And I know that we had an interview with you with mm. our colleague Mike DiStefano who did a great job. And mm. we were, like, going through a lot of your history, which, mm. like, besides this shoe. So happy to get into that today. Uh, thanks. I'm, well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> a question because we were having a, a debate or discussion before here. What, what, do you, what goes on in your head now that you work with Saucony when you hear people say Saucony? Um, I'm, I'm people, though. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that was a part of like the learning process about how to say it, what the origin of the name came from, and like even trying to get them like why don't you just embrace it? Why don't you embrace that everyone says Sakoni? And they were like, oh well, it's because it's named after something. So it's like we can't just change it. It's named after the Sakoni River, and the the logo is actually the stream of the river. So it's like no idea, yes. Yeah, Look at that response <laughs> to where like maybe one of us. By mistake, mispronounce it. No, mispronounce one of us, was it? Look yeah. at that response. Well, no, Maybe no, you could learn the difference in that professionalism. No, he immediately no. said, you know, Joe, no. Joe pronounced it no. wrong. Well, he was like, that's not it. Cut not him it. off right away, which not was it. the right thing to do. But yes, it was right. But Jay's the delivery. here educating. Yeah, yeah but look that's it. been that's been a part of the process. Like at all the events, it's how do you say the name? Mm. Am I saying it right? And I, I know Saucony, they love that part. They love that like you can be able to like give more brand knowledge and stuff. Yeah. Outside of like just actual product. Yeah. Do you ever see our friend Trinidad James at the water cooler at Saucony HQ? <laughs> <laughs> no. Every time I've been to Saucony HQ has been like. They still have like a they were like building like a work from home as like pandemic stuff so mm. it's pretty empty like the days I come up this like when people's like oh I'll, I'll hit the office today to yeah. come work with you on stuff but um I haven't really been there when it's been very festive and they they've told me too they like you're one of the um the collaborators that's very willing to <clears throat> to stop by and look through materials for eight hours everyone else is like we'll figure out the best way to do it but yeah. that's maybe just because it's so close to new york i could just hop on the train or my friends are drive or something sure in yeah. in does Saucony with you start with another friend of ours uh, <laughs> jay facino yeah is that is he like the one who like brought you in for yeah yeah he was the um he was the first person that um i connected with over there but um it's a whole story about how i got to Saucony. Mm -hmm. um and it was a, a friend of mine was working at Nike, no longer with Nike. And his old boss used to work at Nike. Who, and he was like, we got to name names. Yeah, his his name is Jared. Okay. His name is is Jared Hall. He was working at he was working at Nike, and his former boss was working at um, was working is now working at Saucony. He was like, yo, you know, they'll love to talk to you if you love to talk to them. Yeah. And then that from that point on, it got handed over to Jason, and we've just been locked in since then. I, I just think it's so interesting because. For him, I feel like he's almost like the player that turned coach, you yeah. know, where he did Jay. some, yeah, where yeah. he did like some of the best Saucony collabs ever with mm. extra butter, mm. but now he's in the role to like help other people do the collaborations with yeah. Saucony. Does that make the process easier? Yeah, or? it it does. It it helps when someone comes from what you come from. Like I mm. think a lot of times when it comes to brand, like they have to 
hand off a certain process. But him being an extra butter for so long, he knows how a release should go. He knows how, like, what may be, like, how a budget should run or how complex con is going to roll or something like that just because he's seen more than just the technical part of working at the brand um so working with him has been everything because he relates to everything i can ask him everything i can ask him he'll be like yeah because when i was at butter they did this and when trinidad came up he did that and stuff instead of like you know not to just throw shade at other brands well like it's no throw all the shade at no the it's, other brands. it's like it's just <laughs> so many shady. people that do different things like yeah. it's one person you're talking to for material and it's one person you're talking to for marketing where like a Saucony they kind of had a foot in in all the conversations yeah. yeah it's an interesting thing because even to just stay on jay for a second he's actually been in the position of okay we have a hot shoe now we have to figure out how to release it at a store where at a bigger brand like you said there's a million people and and somebody who designed your shoe or who's going to yeah. put together the marketing it's like have you ever actually launched a shoe have you ever been to a sneaker release have you ever been to a lineup things like that yeah so at Saucony it's almost like it's it's a grassroots program but it's almost like how it should be done yeah like you should want to see something you started with in the beginning and see it through yeah like instead of like now it gets hand off to materials and hand off to marketing brand and all the stuff and now you got to go through stuff and then when you get to retail now you're dealing with a whole bunch of different sales team people and stuff but Saucony like everyone was working with everything when when you close your eyes and remember who fronted, who's <laughs> yeah. the first person that pops into your mind? Um, probably my 12th grade English teacher. Like, just I, I remember just kind of being called out about like how sneakers isn't a career. Like, it's very really very cliche. About yeah, it. yeah. Like, just saying like, you know, what what woman gonna love you? Like, yeah. what you gonna do? Who you gonna provide for? Like, you know, and, and very that age. I was in high school in 2008. Um, it was. It was a more like you got all these shoes, but why don't you invest in a property, invest in your credit, invest in um, your future, invest in stuff like that instead of shoes. You love shoes. So that's probably the first person at Big Fronted, I would say. Yeah, we love that slogan. We <laughs> talked well, we talked about it last week on the on the yeah. podcast. That's a slogan that uh yeah, uh, we definitely gravitate to and I think that everyone could gravitate to. Mm-hmm. I wanna talk um like your retail background. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a former footlocker guy i did finish line and what do you take from like that not him but you know. <laughs> i worked in a magic yeah, yeah. card store but, yeah. but what did you take from like that experience how like were you did you like grasp retail were you really like mm-hmm. into it or was it just a job for you and and how did it like help you even like marketing and rolling out a shoe like the stuff mm-hmm. the experience you got there i'm a believer that you learn everything from everything you go through like yeah. you can learn a little bit about everything and um I was working at the flagship for Lock on 34th Street. Mm. So when did you start there? I was there from 2009 to 2013. Yeah. Okay. And so before just, they like remodeled. Yeah, it, before it, they remodeled. But before they remodeled, the corporate corporate was upstairs. The corporate yeah, office. It was like the same. Like yeah. yeah. So all the buyers and just everyone would just always come downstairs and just making different relationships with people. Like even like. Um, brand people will come in and try to show us like samples on like the bench and stuff just because it's a flagship so maybe they yeah. had a meeting upstairs and then they just came down and tried to kill two birds with one stone maybe get some more hours left in their day mm. if they did that so I just you know at that point I kind of learned a lot about like a headwear business I learned mm-hmm. a lot about shoes I learned a lot about what was selling and what wasn't selling and I just kind of knew like it sounds crazy, but that's probably when I fell out of like being a collector of shoes. Mm. What do you mean? Because I learned that it was like it's so much more to the business than just retaining the item. Like it's like you can snack. I think it's most popular to stack your sneaker boxes to the top of the ceiling, but it's so much other things that go behind it. Like I was. That's when I first learned about reselling. That's when mm-hmm. I first learned about consignment shops. I learned about because my customers had different walks of life. Like mm. they were personal shoppers, they were resellers, they were people who had stores, they were the founders of SneakerCon, they yeah. were the they were just different up, things Alan? like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like I just learned so much in that process that I think when I finally, finally like stopped working at Foot Locker, yeah. I was like, I still have so much information. How do I continue this without just being able to buy every shoe and wear it to Soho. Was, was it was it fun during that time? Because I hear these guys talk about their their footwear <laughs> yeah. retail careers, and it sounds like almost a sitcom, you know, yeah. and all these different characters. Did you did, yeah. were you having fun at work? Yeah, it, to me it was fun. Um, I think I, I think that um, working in Foot Locker was like those are still like lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah. Like um, mm-hmm. it was people that we're both kind of struggling together. We're both trying to kill ourselves to get every single release and. Mm-hmm. Trying not to spin. You mean whole even check. at Foot Locker, you don't have the privilege to to get well, a big put release. The, you well, get you, the releases. You put yeah. the the money you're making from the 
job you put right back into the store because we got for me like we wanted every release on saturday so it was like just handing it back to the store if, if you can honestly maybe look at a sales report of like payroll for full locker and like employee sales i'm pretty sure it matches or goes over mm. <laughs> like because it's almost like it's so much temptation and yep. for you to work at a job that maybe the wage isn't that great you have to have a love for shoes mm. it can't be the love for finances yeah so um i just think that working there you kind of like just kind of learn everything at once but it was fun it, it was a lot of of community it Do was a lot of and working in a city too like sometimes you can just hop on the train and go to bait like yeah on a 30 minute break or something That's kill cool. yourself to do it but um it's just like you kind of got it just a dose of everything so do, do you remember when they put the the employee spending limit on Foot Locker on, yeah. the, on the employee appreciations or, or was the monthly <laughs> was the month. he has a lot of uh loose kind of um what's it not loose uh re not revenge what's the loose things that he's still trying loose to ends trying yeah, to loose yeah but if, if, we, if we had a, like a remember who fronted meter foot lock is kind of up there okay yeah. but it, it, all right no wonder you guys have the same shoes on okay no but it, it definitely i remember that when i first started it was like three grand yeah and like you had to use your pay stub it was and basically then, like unlimited it wasn't unlimited but like three grand and it's not three grand total mm -hmm uh dollars spent it's three grand worth of discount yeah okay yeah so i would like early on those days i would like oh, i'm far removed from that yeah. i would like hang around at like the, like fordham road during like a, the 50 at like the foot locker and just pretty much just try to just make bank all day like mm. telling families like yo i'll you you want these up tempos you want these phone pods that you give want me ten dollars like, give me ten dollars twenty so like, if you got real creative you'll be like no tax and then you almost made like double the shoe so Damn. it was like that was like early dose of like yo that's a lot of like little coins you can make yeah and stuff like that. basically so, reselling off the friends and family yeah. coupon yeah. yeah why not they, they're trying to unload product and you know i don't make enough yeah so what, what were the hectic releases at Foot Locker in the period that you worked there? Um, Galaxy Phone Posits. Did you work the Galaxy Phone? Yeah, release? I, I worked wow. Galaxy Phone Posits. I worked. Um, what, what, what was Cuter. that like? It was it was hectic, but it's like you guys you guys know the business. Mm -hmm. It was you know the right people knew when their tickets mm -hmm. were going out. Um, the wrong people, you know, kind of were mad at that. So it was like I, they at that time I was working at Foot Locker. The resellers will kind of like say we're gonna force a raffle we're gonna force a wristband situation so there will be like maybe a hundred of them that line up on tuesday mm -hmm. and even though the shoe comes out on saturday they don't have intention of waiting the saturday but it's like if enough of us get out here on tuesday they're gonna have to send us home so they'll give us the wristbands mm. i never thought of it so, like that so that used to be like a a real thing that used to happen a lot around like phone positive energy because every release was like line 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 so i remember galaxies i remember getting word that around like 2 p.m. I started seeing like, you know, now you mentioned names. I seen Allen. Mm -hmm. You see Allen on a Tuesday. Yeah. You see Barris <laughs> Allen on a Tuesday. <laughs> like they, up. they might be giving out wristbands today. <laughs> so I remember that. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. Did but you that, get a pair? Yeah, I got a pair. Um, that release was overwhelming too because of the other stuff that never really gets remembered in history, like the the Kobe's, the yeah. the Barclays. A lot of that stuff was really good too. Um, that KD, was probably one of the KD four. Yeah, KD four. That that That's was probably the, a very complete Griffin, overall pack. The Blake Griffin Hyperdunk. Yeah. 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 Like as as a like a uh, catered pack through like skews and stuff. They, they had a home run with that. And you were there for the Space Jam release too. I was early on Space Jam. Um, I had just started with Space Jam. I was my big first Retro Eleven release. I think was was Concord the year the next year. What was that like for you? And that was like you you're talking about like a line maybe two avenues but wow. also like four people wide. Like not like singular, like yeah. four people wide and in the whole avenue where it's just pushing and shoving, but it's also it's money time for yeah. for that company like they we we got maybe 2000 pairs. We I think it, I think it changed so much too cuz I remember like Space Jam was big, mm -hmm. but it's not like everyone was quite into it yet. Yeah. You know, where like sneaker culture was a thing, but it was still more like contained into like the sneakerhead yeah. thing. And then people saw the hype of mm -hmm. the Space Jams and they didn't get them. And they're like, well, I want to get in on this the next year. Yeah. So then Concord yeah. and Cool Grey came out. And I felt mm -hmm. like those were just so much bigger than, yeah. than Space Jam, you know? Yeah. Like it's. It was almost like the the thrill of the I want to get them from here too. Like it was like we know they have the most allocation. We know they have a lot. So even if I got to deal with the nonsense, I'm gonna go home with a pair. Maybe 4 a.m. But I'm gonna go home with a pair. So I, it was almost like a privilege to know that. But people would come in the store like midnight releases. People would come in sweating and 
like jackets and hoodies all over the place and missing hats and just a lot of stuff. But they, they got in and yeah. they were happy spending their, you know, two twenty five or whatever it was coming to. You you have some history with the Concords. Talk about like um back in the day and even <laughs> in twenty eighteen the Eleven Winters album oh, art. Oh man, wow. Yeah, um yeah, that was the Retro Eleven was the first shoe that I realized that I was wearing something. Mm -hmm. Like I remember being in school, kinda like how me and you are right now yeah. and just being able to keep seeing that someone has the same shoes as me, but they were like a different color. Yeah. So um, just having young parents where they, they learn to love through material. Like I had all the Jordans, like just, and I, the Retro 11 was the first one I learned was just shiny. They were shiny and yeah. they were yeah. cool and stuff like that. Invisible so, women. Yeah. So it was just always just something that kind of just stood out to me, like the Retro 11. I think if I kind of can be unbiased, probably my favorite shoe ever mm. after like, the personal stuff that I have connections to with other shoes. Yeah. yeah. I know you got fired at Foot Locker. Mm -hmm. You went out to Summer Jam. Was that the deal in terms of how oh. your career <laughs> yeah. ended? What happened No, there? it's, I think that um, 2013 was a really big year for me as far as like my music yeah. and stuff. I started to get booked a lot out of out of town, South by Southwest's and doing like a lot of showcases. But, you know, you can imagine you work at a job for four or five years, a lot of the staff are your friends. So, yeah. When I would have like shows and stuff, a lot of people would come, and you know you gotta imagine next day is gonna be some call outs, gonna be some lates, gonna be a few things. So I think after a while they needed to kind of pick out the, the bad apple. They were like, if, <laughs> you if were the bad apple. Yeah, it was like no. if, he, if he's the guy that's the center of everyone's like you know, yeah. extra outside of work stuff. Let's find a way to get him out. Yeah, were you so, disconnected from sneakers once you left Foot Locker, or was such a big <clears throat> part of your life at that point where you knew it was going to stick? No, stick I don't around? think I was disconnected. I think I just changed my role. I think at that point it was like I had made so many relationships with people who had like stores. At that time, it was like Kick Exclusive down mm -hmm. downtown. It was um, Kick Exclusive uh, on on Mulberry. It was on Mulberry. Right? Yeah. It was um, Allen. It was um, another guy, Mr. Deadstock, my friend Brandon. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, these guys are making a living for themselves and they're doing so well. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm working this Foot Locker where people get promoted at an acceler like accelerated rate. So um, my old friend is now in queens and another friend is in brooklyn and another friend is this and they're all store managers let me see if i can get a pair from each of them mm -hmm. and i think that's when i started to begin to resell and at that point just reselling was kind of like a different love for shoes but it's also like now i'm not a fool to marketing gimmicks it's like it's either it goes for money or it doesn't go for money i don't care that jordan ward is on the beach in in mm -hmm. 91 like you know what i'm saying so i think i just changed like my love for it yeah. at that point when i stopped working in full how much though does that kind of like clash against your shoe now where it's like you're like i don't care about the backstory about it i just want to know and obviously your shoe is hot and yeah. does resell for mm -hmm. you know a good amount especially for a saucony shoe mm -hmm. but at the time because we get people online hitting us all the time like i don't care that shoe's a brick like <laughs> when people talk about bricks or flips on shoes like, like it i don't know it frustrates me yeah personally mm -hmm. but you you know you said you had that mentality but then you finally get a chance to do your own shoe yeah and i feel like that whole mentality maybe like went out the window of just mm -hmm. like just trying to make something hot like you wanted to tell yeah. a story behind it well I, I think that um you're right i think now if i maybe think about about it like that i think that's why i wanted to do particular work i think there was particular things i did when it came to the Saucony that made it feel a little bit more than it's just going to be a purchase because I think we all have um, certain things in life that people's gonna support us because they know us. Like, mm. you know, oh, I, I know, I know you. Yeah. You know, I'm mm -hmm. gonna show you some love. Um, so I wanted to like really, really protect like the art of like the way it was for photographed, the in stores, the just things, and make it almost. I love like, that rollout photo yeah. with the big shoe, with the big on, shoe the on the train. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I wanted to kind of like cross over a little bit into collectible land. I feel like if I kind of make this an item that you feel like you have to have, whether you into it or not then maybe i have a little bit more success on a on a scale of like retail instead of it being one of those releases that all right i made the purchase how many times have we bought stuff and after we bought it it's like the whole experience deflated like yeah i have it it's, yeah. it's over like especially wanna, when you see that shoe years later yeah you're like, wait a minute Why did I so i think being able to do like the events and the the pop-ups and decided not to go with a store for like the launch because mm -hmm. i had options so being able to not do that it was like Everyone wanted to not just own the shoe, they wanted to get close to the shoe. Yeah. And I think that that was like how to kind of like defeat everything that you kind of asked me of like, um, how do you put the love back into it instead of like it just making it a resale or not thing. But also what I like is like, I know getting back to like my retail experience back then, the courageous 
was the one. So many colors, the Sakani mm -hmm. Courageous. And then mm -hmm. now I would say like the jazz mm -hmm. is like, is pretty popular, mm -hmm. but you, <laughs> they like approached you with a, a jazz, right? And you were like, you kind of took a risk on this model. They, they, I wouldn't say they approached me with a jazz. They were kind of like, you know, this is a room full of stuff that's in line. Mm -hmm. There's a room full of stuff that like, do you, you feel anything? And they showed me a bunch of jazz. They showed me a bunch of like shadows mm -hmm. and stuff. Because I think that like, you know, regardless if they have great silhouettes or great history, what's the ones that the stores keep buying? What's the ones that people continue to want to work on and right. stuff? But it was just something about the Gritazora that kind of stood out to me, like as far as like potential to to build a colorway. Um, because I don't want to just be able to slap things on. And I'm pretty sure some brands can just put their logo somewhere and just call it a day. But I was like, you know, I want to be able to really take advantage of all the different panels on this shoe. And it's very, like, breathable. Like, one thing about Saucony that other people may not know is they're owned by the company Wolverine that, like, makes materials for, like, a lot of brands and companies. So it was like, they're not short on resources. Sure. So I want to be able, if I can tell an actual really good story as far as, like, materials and people's not gonna think i sold them short and they're not gonna be like oh he could issue with sock it's whatever um like it has to be this model at least for the first one what was it like creating uh kind of like a love it or hate it sort of shoe because i mean I remember posting it there were so many people like i love this shoe but it was also one of the shoes that i got <laughs> like people being like you can't be serious that you like these sneakers you know like what are you what are you going blind to yeah. and i'm like what i think i want to I want to in invoke feeling. I want mm -hmm. people to feel something. And I think that if you try to be safe, then you're going to go under. And so I, I think that, like, I'm I'm not Clark. I'm not, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm not Ronnie. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a lot of different people. So how do you be J-Tips? How do you be someone that wants to make an impact, but people aren't maybe used to it? And I just thought, like, organized chaos. It's not trying to be like just clashing colors but it, it makes sense like you've seen these colors together before but maybe not all at once so i just wanted to kind of be able to have that growing up and I mean, we're all like you know we're not very spring chicken young adults so you Me, know no. we I were, got a lot of grace you know i remember walking <laughs> through school in high school and like you remember when someone had a certain shoe on yeah i just want that feeling i wanted someone that something to stand out yeah like people would and i go to like a lot of conventions and stuff and Sometimes GR is the new limited because you go to um, you go to ComplexCon and everybody's wearing Tom Sack. Yeah, so no then matter. when you just step out in the right yep. Air yeah, Force One. Yeah, so I wanted to do that. Like I wanted to be able to people to have a conversation without knowing that this is a J Tips product. It's like, oh, what, what is what's this guy wearing? He, he's been at the at the conventions too. You mentioned ComplexCon. I saw yeah. an old photo of you <laughs> and uh, I, was that ComplexCon 2017? You had the off white Air Force Ones yeah. that released yeah. exclusively How'd you there, get those? and you had the Union <laughs> uh, the gold toes that I've, dropped I've, at the Union there, booth. I've honestly been to every. Yeah. Even Chicago. That's more mm. than I can say. We weren't invited to the first yeah. time. I've been to. Oh, uh, yeah, we weren't. I've been to everyone because. Remember who fronted? <laughs> <laughs> we were back in <laughs> the good office one. at a pizza party. Good, good. Carry on. <laughs> Pardon me, Jay. No, it's, <laughs> man, to, to be honest, like, you know, and I know this speaks to a certain community, like, securing the item is that's how you can continue to be a, a successful reseller. Yeah. A, a successful. Um, just client or like be able to help people out like if they know you're gonna be there and you're gonna yeah. get it like keeps the following going it keeps the likes going and wait, stuff so wait did you almost like threaten brendan dunn's <laughs> life at the canary sb dunk launch oh no 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 <laughs> you know what's crazy you're that, one of the people shaking the gates <laughs> that year you had to pick your poison because the jordan brand store was dropping the no photos at mm. the jordan brand so mm -hmm. it was like we were wait so you picked the no photos over the canary sb dunk? the canaries was impossible yeah they, they were like impossible like it was on people because they didn't even end up dropping them there i think that that's one thing that doesn't get brought up two jays was there like what trying nike to get a pair. did the year before with like the all the white shoes and the 100 yeah it was almost impossible to touch anything the next complex con. So it was like it was almost like you know what we're not getting canaries. We're not even getting the black pair. Let's yeah. go to let's go to the Jordan store and try to finesse security, give them fifty dollars or something, and try to get a wristband for these no photos that were going for like eight hundred. How hard was and the the Virgil Air Force Ones, the white one? It was you know what it wasn't it wasn't that hard because the security recognized um, me from New York. Mm. So security was able to like like you could get someone in line. Got it. And um, it was that. And then I knew someone that was working at like Stadium Goods at the time, and they were like, they had I think some presence in there. And um, I was like, you know what, like get me in. And at that time, I was able. That's how I was able to get um, the Rockefellers and stuff, which yeah. 
history they didn't brick, but that year they brick. Like that was probably the worst shoe you could have got at that event. Yeah, out of all the ones yeah. you could have yeah. selected from the Travis yeah. Scott was in that group as what well. What a year yeah. that was with those releases. <laughs> yeah. What like that That booth was so fun too. Oh, you can do the, crazy. the custom Air Force ones, the dip yeah. dye and stuff. Yeah. That was a big year. And that that was all was it that was the same year as Union as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that was, and then speaking of Complex Con though, you debuted these shoes at yeah. Complex Con. Yeah. This past year. Yeah. What, what was that experience like coming full circle? Um I was trying to do that the year before. Last the year before I was my first time vending at Complex Con and just pandemic and delays and stuff. So this year they already told me they had a um they were like, Yeah, we have something with maybe tomorrow, which is another brand yeah, they yeah. collaborate with. And I think Trinidad also maybe released something. So they were like, the only thing we can do for you is we could give you some samples and whatever you want to do. You want to wear them at the booth. You want people to post them. But, of course, me, like, got them shot, did a little rollout, tried to, you know, nice kicks hit me up and stuff, made sure that they were on display. And just people just came, and they. I feel like that's when they first started to form a relationship with the shoe. They were like, you know, I'm going to stay in tune with you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to get your information. I'm going to connect with you. Oh, this kid has a shoe coming. Oh, isn't this the hat guy and stuff. And that's when it became real. Um I wasn't advised to do that as far as like brands go, like a rollout. They want to start like two, three weeks before a shoe drops. And I started it maybe eight months. Because so. you know how it goes, too. <laughs> yeah. Like being on the other side and being a consumer, you know how early people are going to see the shoes and how much they expect a, a build up. Yeah. And and it happened, too. Um, people were like, yo, congrats on your shoe. Um, I didn't get them at ComplexCon, any pairs around. I'm like, oh, they didn't come out yet. They didn't come out yet. So the mystique least. is already building. Yeah, yeah. So, um it's it was chaotic, but I feel like I did it, I did enough work to bring it back. It, it also feels like too in in this moment that you know twenty twenty three has been such like a diverse year in footwear where mm. it's not just all Jordan brand and Nike, and it feels like you kind of like knock it out of the park with like Saucony or New Balance or Solomon or any of these brands and like create a great mm -hmm. shoe. It might even get more traction than just getting another nike that wasn't the hottest release do you feel yeah. like that or yeah I, I feel like that and it's not just me trying to champion me working with Saucony. is how long can we buy the same things how long can we just you know put the the old version next to the new version mm -hmm. and stuff and our house or, or the same stories continue to get told i do feel like there's a lot of gatekeeping that's done as far as like collaborators collectors influencers the way shoes get rolled out and stuff there there isn't a lot of new faces in any of those industries besides like the collectors like there's always new kids coming around that's right. just doing different things opening shops and but it, it, it takes so long right for yeah. a big brand to finally co-sign somebody so you have this group of we were talking about earlier maybe five people at the top of nike catalyst yeah. you know and you see shoes from them for a really long time and it, it it, yeah, it's, it's kind of slow to really cycle, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I can't really blame them because you know it's you know it's business trends. You kind of go what what works. Yeah. Like I, I like even New Balance. I kind of like what they do, where they kind of got like a solid six, a solid seven, and mm. they just each quarter they just rotate them and stuff like that. But it's like it's necessary for someone to eventually come along and be able to do something that's gonna be like like wow. Do you, do you feel like Joe Freshgood's kind of like knocked down the door a little bit mm -hmm. with like hopping in with New Balance and being mm -hmm. like a, a young new creator mm -hmm. and creating hype around a model that maybe people weren't checking for? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like Joe is someone that is like you, you've seen that it can be done. Like, of course, like before I seen Joe do it with New Balance and New Era, like at the same time, I seen like. Um, ASAP Ari do it I've seen even Virgil kind of do it with it's like we're gonna try something and we're gonna see if it works um, but you know Joe is someone that you know I've I've seen as how he operated at like Complex Con and how he came to New York and he did stuff so it's almost it's always good to have a sample size of like how this can be how this can be possible mm -hmm. um, and I think that definitely when I went into working with Saucony it was kind of like you have to You've seen other people be able to do it. You have to be able to know that the, the work will speak for itself if it's good work. Was the Saucony yeah. colorway and the design of the shoe already in your head pretty set? Since you, I know it's mm -hmm. based on a bespoke you did a few mm -hmm. years prior. Did you know already going into that that you wanted to translate that into a Saucony shoe? Yeah, speaking on Remember Who Fronted, like, you know, I, I think that... <laughs> <laughs> Another I, one on the list. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong list, the not right, the list yeah, we were talking about last we episode. Need, we, <laughs> we need to make a Mount Rushmore Who Fronted yeah. on you. Yeah, Just I gotta the, make a nice little, graphic or something. The little Nas X uh, <laughs> acceptance speech, remember? <laughs> yeah, so... Um, 
yeah, I think that I learned a lot about like color, um, color patterns, and like mm-hmm. how to build materials from the bespoke situation. Because my homie um, Jason Cross, he was he was working as a specialist for bespoke in Twenty One Mercer. So mm-hmm. I was hanging out in Twenty One Mercer trying to get other things, Travis Scott's yeah. mm-hmm. um, shoes acronyms. So I was hanging out there, but I would just go sit in the back with him and look through the drawers, look through materials. So when it was time for me to be like, you know what, I want to do something. I want to make my own shoe. Um, I learned a lot about how to like clash the colors and stuff. And then when I was get a lot, when I got a lot of attention online for the bespoke, everyone kind of told me like it was like like you know a lot of materials. It would be expensive. They they would never like put this together with this because of just cost. And this would be a very expensive shoe. So I think when I had the opportunity to really do something that I know would go to retail, it was like you know kind of throw pie in their face. Yeah. Like we'll do something that looks expensive from a materials standpoint, but it's gonna release. Yeah. And it's gonna have a nice box. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like so we'll do it. Was it was <laughs> it just kind of by chance, you know, that you have the flowers on it, you do the flower shop, it's kinda yeah. like you had the big release, it's kinda like you're receiving your flowers for yeah. your first shoe. Was mm-hmm. that all kind of planned or just kinda happened to line up or Yeah, connecting the dots. Um, I think that when it came to the flowers, I think that's still the point that like, I think you could tell a few different stories. I think people mentioned the bespoke stuff, Mm -hmm. but the flowers is like, that's been my kind of, my continued narrative through through, like a lot of things of being someone that's from the Bronx, which is pretty dark and gloomy sometimes depending on the day Mm -hmm. and being able to just continue to live a life through a lot of different vibrant colors and stuff like that. And, um, being like that flower that comes from somewhere dark. And um, the flower shop was like, it was like, it was either I was going to release them at a flower shop or like an independent music venue like SOBs or something, just because I didn't want to do the typical, like, you know, this is going to be at XYZ on this day because that, that wouldn't be my story. I come from working at Full Lock, I come from reselling, you know, my first shoe dropping at Concepts would not be my story. Mm. So it would just, I wanted to do something that was more grassrootsy and be able to do something as community being being there and shaking everyone's hand and touching them and stuff like that and you know they showed out what's the day like release day like what's it like you've you've had so many experiences <laughs> in sneakers but what's that day like when your sneakers coming out uh overwhelming yeah um a lot of acts a lot of requests a lot of um what time should I get there? A lot of um, the teacher from twelfth grade was texting. Yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait what's, what's worse, your phone blowing up on pre like Air Jordan Eleven release, working at Foot Locker, or your phone blowing up on your own sneaker release? Um, I would probably say Air Jordans. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but it's but it's because it's people are more loyal to the product than they are to me. Yeah. So they'll send me paragraphs about like why you're not responding, why you're not responding. I need these, my son, my son. Like so it's like they'll talk to me any kind of way. And it's not it's not because it's Jordan, but it's just they don't care about me at all. They just care about this shoe. So they're calling four o'clock in the morning because I didn't text them back. Wow. Like all stuff where like my shoe, it was just more congrats like I want to yeah. congratulate yeah. you, but you know, size twelve. Uh, <laughs> also, I feel like people yeah. you, may, you might feel a little crazy someone like hounding you for your own shoe because it's yeah. like no this is my shoe I can say yes or no to you know yeah well I, I definitely had a few moments where I was grounded like people still wanted to hand to hand they still were like can I come to your house and stuff and I'm like bro these are this you gotta go here this mm-hmm. is an official release you know what I'm yeah. saying or like you mentioned Marcel's here um, my boy Noel's here too it's like people asking them feeling very entitled like yo I see Noel can Noel just bring me in can Marcel just bring me in? And I'm like, yo. It was a point where they told me not to go inside. They were like, hang out on the street. Yeah. They were like, hang out on the street. Because people see you inside, you're, you're going to say yes to everyone, to the cutting, to skipping, to everything. So let's just play. So day of was probably just controlling anxiety and more trying to enjoy it and also trying to show Sockany that, like, that they chose the right partner to do everything. Because I think a lot of people see how it performed, but they don't see how I'm sitting in a room like this and I'm, explaining to them that this is going to be crazy and this is going to yeah. be this and ass is going to look like this and um and complex is going to interview me and th- these people going to interview me they're like all right we'll we'll see yeah you know <laughs> so um i guess just kind of just making sure that everybody was at ease and stuff yeah yeah i gotta ask band from portland 
Because <laughs> we're, we're talking so much about everything you've done in sneakers, but you have mm -hmm. a, a a music career that's parallel to all this, and mm -hmm. you have a song called "Banned from Portland." Yeah, and I <laughs> we thought maybe he ghost wrote it. Okay, <laughs> I know, nobody sure could ever. Nobody. Use, I'm sure you don't use ghost writers, but we thought maybe this guy goes through. You know, a little. Nobody he, could ever ban me from. Portland. No, he goes through. You know, Portland. It's a little uh, touch and go sometimes, depending on the week, but yeah. <laughs> but, well, it's funny to speak about this for the first time on this platform. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, me and my friends, we were like the go-to people in New York for like focus groups. Mm -hmm. So they would like come to 21 Mercer and they would show us product, women product, men product, energy product. Nike people um, from Beaverton. Yeah, Nike people. Um, so much that the open invitation would be to go out there. So, you know, of course, on our own dime, sitting in um, the Mia Ham cafeteria for mm -hmm. eight hours a day in between meetings and people giving you 30 minutes, 15 minutes, different, just looking at product, getting a few things and stuff. But um, when I created my Bespoke, I shifted those conversations into how can I work with you guys? Mm -hmm. And I just think that, you know. Wanting, wanting to figure out what I can do. Like, I already in the metal. You guys can keep showing me shoes, so I know who's who. I know yeah. who do, who does what. So um, just went out there with my bespoke, trying to talk to everybody, trying to figure it out. But in that same trip, um, I posted a picture of a Travis Scott. And someone Early? From, yeah, someone from his. But it was. Which, it, which shoe? It was the Air Max. It was the Air Max. The um, 270? The 270. I posted a picture of the Tra Travis Scott 270. And. If there was ever a time where you felt like you weren't being watched, well, I found out that everyone knew who I was that day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, Keep they it just, tight. Yeah, they reached out to all my friends. They were like, yo, can you take this down? Um, I guess. Had people seen the shoe yet? Had it leaked yet? Yeah, it was, it, was in, it was in Flight Club. It was, it was everywhere. Round two. It was so you everywhere. felt not a big deal. It wasn't a big, and I was told it wouldn't be a big deal. It was like, you know, here, they're, they're out. I was told the rule is if you've seen it on the internet, they're, sure. it's safe to do it. Um, but I guess because of my position and stuff, you know, it was, they told my friends stay away from me. They told, um, my friends at Nike was very scared to be around me. They were like, hey, I know the feeling. They, I know the they feeling. They were going through man. like my follower account, trying to figure out who gave me the shoe. Um, it was a lot of different things. They had a street investigation. Yeah, they had it. They had a, but it, it never really got to me. It was just more like you'd seen like the, the feelings it brought on everyone around me. You know what? I know about this. I know sometimes, maybe this is a little hyperbole, but sometimes the people at the footwear companies, they might talk to each other about you, but they're never going to actually send you the email or pick up the phone to talk to you about yeah. uh, the perceived slights. Yeah, so they would definitely. And uh, um, I guess <laughs> I promise some, that <laughs> someone from his team must have caught wind, and it was—I don't know—I guess it was an uncomfortable situation because of like, from what I was told, um, he's had problems with like influencers and people having shoes before, like I guess things the proper rollouts sure. and stuff like that. So I guess you know those people take their job serious and they want to make him happy. He's their guy, so. I don't, you know, I don't feel any problem with it, and I'm probably not banned from Portland. I still have a lot of yeah. friends and stuff. Hey, we, but we can go to Portland whenever you yeah. want. Let's go together. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I did feel from that point the energy shift. Yeah, I did feel that the we, congr we, the we, congratulations and the I see you bros and the stuff started to become a minimum. Which is so, so interesting because they were coming to you for a long time for focus groups and yeah. and and telling you through that that look, we trust your opinion and we want to <laughs> know what you think. But then once you break the rules a little bit or you're not totally in line, then it's like he's not the guy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I may have never had an opportunity over there, but it mm. was more like you seen when something shifted. You seen when, like, it was people that, you know, you kind of rely on for the for some advice or something. Like, their answers are briefs. Mm -hmm. You see them in the city and they're hanging out with your friends and they're sending a um, – they're sending a pack of Union Jordans to my friends, but my size is not in there. Hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of seen all that stuff start. Yeah. So, um, I just kind of just looked at it like, you know, you know, I gotta, I gotta go by this. I gotta yeah. just adjust and figure out like what life is when it comes to you know opening up and doing your own thing. Like, man, forget this, forget them. Absolutely. <laughs> and I guess for the future, are yeah. are you and Jay working on something? Yeah, we new? have a, um, we have. Uh, two more silhouettes that are supposed to hit in November. Um, mm, so November. they they wanted me to kind of they wanted me to kind of yeah to kind of keep working <laughs> to keep it going because I guess they did feel even though everyone was a little nervous about collaborations right now because things that are really hot aren't going for anything or not yeah. really selling. 
So, but they wanted to keep me on my toes. So they were like, you know, if you want to just keep shooting these designs over, we'll get the samples made and get the process a little faster. Then let's do it. Um, so definitely, like, you know, I appreciate all, like, the shoot a year kind of comparisons and stuff that people are bringing up. But, you know, that kind of makes me a little nervous, too, because I got more shoes coming this year. So <laughs> just wait. Where are those going to place? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think, it, like, the interesting discussion, not to bring it back to, to Joe Fresh Goods too much, mm-hmm. but I remember he had mentioned when, when, when his shoe made the list for, like, the first time, it's always, like, Everyone says these sneaker of the year lists don't matter, but then when your shoe makes the sneaker of the year list, they say, "Oh, it didn't. It really shouldn't have," or something yeah. like that. So, is, do you have any sort of feelings towards like where your shoe would fall on a list like that? Well, I, I think I think definitely I would definitely top five. I think because um, I do think that there are some things that no matter what, people are just going to vote for it. Like, like no matter what comes out the rest of the year, people are going to say SB four is just because it's just the most the most popular model doing something unique mm-hmm. um and stuff but when i think when you think about story when you think about giving someone a chance when you think about like the metrics can anyone say that they made this many people buy their first pair of a sneaker company shoe um and i think that's not that Saucony doesn't make a lot of great shoes and make a lot of money but i'm looking at people just as their first purchase they need to try it on they need to figure it out they're wondering if there's other colorways this shoe been out since 2000 yeah and you're wondering if there's other colorways so um i think when you kind of make that checklist um how can you avoid like being considered at least but you know it's that's entitlement this is my first shoe so i don't know the rules of how like they sit up there and decide them choose it a little we're right here if you you could step back and have an i know it's impossible but an unbiased point of view Uh your shoe or tiffany air force one oh oh Oh, my shoe my shoe for sure (laughs) i mean i agree but (laughs) i think i think tiffany air force one had more story than shoe. I think it being done was better than the shoe. I think everything about like the rollouts and the seating and mm-hmm. the friends and family pair was better than the shoe. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I think I got that by landslide. I'm with you. All right, these two guys, all, all the ops. Listen, I didn't bring it up. I Portland didn't bring it up. Ops, Portland ops, <laughs> Tiffany, any more before he goes? And like I said, it's hyperbole. I love all my people in Portland. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> Listen, it's uh great moment great mm-hmm. like month and few weeks for you and you're just getting started like we mm-hmm. said last mm-hmm. week and like we said at the beginning like for this being your first one and the reception being this great just like congratulations that's all that's all we can say and i think speak Thank for you. everyone I appreciate it. having you come from retail and all the different iterations of like the sneaker space yeah. it's great man so I, I know it's it's so great because like having you here it just feels like you're another co-host with us you know when you start yeah. talking about the, the the retail days and the lineups yep. and things like that we could just hang out and you know yeah man let's do it again let's do it again sometime man Definitely. but I, I do i do know how rare it is to be in this position of even getting a shoe like the people i look up to all the time from style and fashion mm-hmm. or people that i know like give me definitely inspo sometimes maybe they didn't have their own shoe so yeah. i did i did feel like uh obligation to overperform and not leave anything left up for debate so and i think that that's come across well online and do the people that own the shoe they're like you know i'm a part of something special so i do feel good about that so i'm i I'm appreciate being here man this is all on borrowed time for me i didn't really have all of the stuff on my mood board so i feel good about <laughs> doing all of it i'm just disappointed you didn't come through in the purple grill yeah yeah now nah, this morning was just hectic man i, I, I was patting <laughs> pockets for everything <laughs> well listen thanks again mm-hmm. congratulations it's great for uh you giving us your time in this busy uh time of of your uh, career so thanks again thank you guys for having me i appreciate it all right everyone this has been the complex sneakers podcast we hope everyone has a great weekend please like subscribe comment we will see you next week our producer is david matthews our associate producer is jillian hardman webb audio editing done by haley Choi. special thanks to jen stewart shiva bayette and haley Choi. the complex sneakers podcast is a production of the complex podcast network